Amen. Amen. Good morning and welcome to Foundation Church. And yeah, man, this is so exciting. Brave the weather, brave the cold and get to be in God's house and get to experience what we just experienced. Man, God is so, so good. And we just want to say welcome once again, if this is your first time here, you're meeting us here in a series called Living Intentionally where we're really thinking about 2024, how can we live intentionally? And we're really phrased this by mastering the habits that matter most. As I begin to think about 2024, I love thinking about what could be. Love thinking about new goals. And last week I helped you begin to maybe frame goals in four different categories. Thinking about relationally, what are some of the goals relationally? I was thinking about, man, if you have been in a relationship with me, a friendship, you will learn that your pastor is not a very good communicator. My wife would be like, amen, amen to that. 2024, how can I be better at communicating? Then I was thinking about financially. How could me and my family invest more in the future than what we ever have? That was a big goal thinking about 2024. Physically, just uh, continue to hit reset. I heard this line, and this is going to be good news to somebody, that it's not about how long that you can go with the resolution or definitely with your, your, your physical body, like health and fitness, but it's how many times in a year you can start. And what that means is hit restart, hit reset. That's the law of which I live by. How many times this year can I hit reset? And then spiritually, how can I just be intentional? And as I was thinking about the, the habits that we're trying to put into place within my family, within my life, over this past or into the next year, there's one that we've been having some fun with over the past week. Has anybody here ever heard of the Daniel Fast? So it is kind of miserable. Not going to lie, the first three days are absolutely terrible. It is when you cut out meat, you cut out all sugar, and yes, ladies and gentlemen, the third one, caffeine. Some of you are thinking, no way, you lost me there. Day three was terrible. Day three was rough. It came with sickness and headaches, but then the rest has been pretty good. But if you were to talk to me about, hey, what are you doing in 2024? I knew this was something that we wanted to do. And here's what I've done. I've searched recipes. I've created some not good meals, but then some really good meals. And I've just spent my time so consumed on what I'm going to eat that I completely forgot that this is a fast. That what this whole thing is trying to do is to reset both your body, your mind, but most importantly, your soul. And so whenever you think about 2024, what we want to think about is what matters most. That yes, you may think about yourself physically, how you can be better financially, relationally, but spiritually, what could your spiritual life look like in 2024? And how can we master the habits that matter most there? Up on the screen, I'm going to put some different words that come from Galatians chapter 5. And as you begin to think about the new year, and you begin to think about your life, I would, I would imagine that beneath all of your New Year's resolutions, beneath all your hopes, dreams, wants, desires, that what you will desire most is something on this screen. That in your life, you want to be able to truly experience love. Maybe you want to truly experience joy for the first time. You finally want to have peace in your life. Maybe you're the father that's just impatient with your kids, and you're saying, I want patience. Or I want kindness within my words, within my habits. I want goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control to flow out of my life. This is what I think if you look at all the resolutions, all your hopes for 2024, that what you desire most is actually something on this screen. That what you want more than anything is something to be found here. And so my challenge for you today 
is that as we step into 2024, think about what if your hatred or indifference turned into love? What if your sadness or despair began to turn into joy? What if your worry, anxiety, conflict began to emerge into peace? What if your impatience turned to patience? What if your cruelty began to turn into kindness? What if your wickedness, evil, turned to goodness? What if your harshness turned to gentleness? And what if you being an undisciplined person began to find self-control in your life? What if? So I want to shift our focus beyond goals and resolutions from what we accomplished to really looking at who we can become and what we can embody, what we can what can become evident in our lives. And so there's a couple of words. Here's where you're going to do a little callback. I want you to seek first in 2024 what matters most. Everybody say, seek first, seek first. what matters most. In 2024, we seek first what matters most. But I want to take it just a little bit further. You know how you experience all of these things on this wall that we had talked about? Is that it's not, it's not so much the goals that you set, the resolutions that you make. But here's where it's going to really boil down to. Seek first the one who matters most. Seek first the one who matters most. Today, we're going to be talking once again in our series who have really been looking at these habits that matter most. And today, we are going back into the garden. To all the gardeners last week, you got to hear about a law. There's a couple laws that we see in life that if I were to jump up, gravity will pull me back down. Last week, we talked about the law of sowing and reaping, that you will reap what you sow, and if you don't like what you're reaping, change what you are sowing. And today, I want to share with you another law, that a branch, a branch, what is a branch? A branch, a branch, it cannot bear fruit. It cannot bring forth life. It cannot bear fruit if it is not attached to the vine. It cannot bear fruit if it is not attached to the vine. I got a picture up here. Many of us are not uh, very, very familiar with vineyards. I have a, a father or a grandfather that actually does raise some grape vines and he raises blackberry bushes. And here's what you're going to find is that what is the branch? The branch is what comes off of the vine. And the vine, if you notice, the vine is what is connected to the soil. The vine is what is connected that is bringing forth all the nutrients, all of the life. But a branch on its own is nothing. It is dead. It is dead. And so the law that we're going to be exploring today is this one, that a branch apart from the vine can do nothing, that it will not bring forth fruit, that it will not bring forth life. If you have your Bibles, open it up with me to John chapter 15. We're going to be exploring this law today, and I hope and pray, been praying all night for you, that you would begin to experience what you long for most in 2024. Right, here we go. John 15, we're going to be in verses 4 through 11. It says, Abide in me. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do 
nothing. Everybody say nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. But if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy, everybody say joy, joy. may be in you that it may be in you and that your joy may be full. There's three things that I want to bring to life from this text as we just explore it, have some fun with it today in connection to what we desire most is that number one, stay connected to the vine. Number one, stay connected to the vine. Number two, be the branch. Number two, be the branch. And then number three, see the fruit come into your life. See the fruit come into your life. Let's begin just a little bit. Stay connected to the vine. Did you notice a key word that is found all throughout those verses? Over and over and over again. I could begin once again in verse 4. You may see it there. You may catch it there. If we can look at verse 4, let's put it up on the screen. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit in itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. What is the key word of our text? Abide. Abide. Ah, we don't use that word, though, do we? Most of you are thinking, what in the world does abide mean? Abide, it simply means to remain. To remain. It's as if to make your home with. To never leave. To stay connected. The word that we are talking about here, the word that is the focus here, and I'll continue to shift it from abide to remain, that's where we want to be. It says remain. This is the key word. And remain to what? What's it say to remain connected to. What well, says in me, in me. As we see in verse five, it says connected to the vine. In verse one, we see in this, in this passage, it says that Jesus says that he is the true vine, that he is the true vine, that he is the one. If we were to look at the graphic again, he is the one that brings forth true life. He is the source of all life. He is the source of all of which you hope to desire and see come true into your life. It's a proclamation here that this is who he is and a proclamation of what you should do is that you stay connected. If you want to see fruit in your life, what this verses are saying is you must stay connected to Jesus. You must remain in him. You must make your home with him. A new heart, whenever you step into life with Jesus, is what you get. A new heart, a new life. And whenever you find yourself moving into a trusting relationship and a surrendered life with Jesus, here's what you actually find is that the old self, that you are uprooted from your old ways, you are uprooted from your old desires, and you are replanted, you are grafted in to him into the true vine, into the one that brings forth life, that actually breaks all bondage, that breaks all pain and sin. You are brought into that life and something new is now available for you. This is the message. And it's not a message here of closeness. 
Okay, this is very important. This is not a message of how close you can get to Jesus. This is a message of how connected that you can be to Jesus. Now, the connection is oftentimes where we fall short, is where we oftentimes fall short. And a simple question, how, not how close are you to Jesus, but how connected are you to Jesus? And there's going to be one thing that I really want to bring forth today that would determine for you how connected that you are to Jesus. Everybody just give a huge round of applause today for Sean. Everybody welcome Sean up here. He's going to help me. Yes. Good job, Sean. Sean, oh yeah, there you go. Sean, I'm going to just give you a little, a little lesson here today, Sean. Sean is a GA at KCU. He does a phenomenal job leading our youth ministry every single week, seeing incredible fruit and growth from that. Sean, we're going to go to 15 feet. I want to just have you just walk down the aisle. You see, each and every single one of us is given the same amount of time each week. Right there. Perfect. We're given the same amount of time. If you were to look at your week, there's 168 hours in a week. 168. It's incredible, isn't it? 24 hours in a day, seven days a week, 168. And here's what you're going to see is that this is your week measured out as if every single hour is an inch. Every single hour is an inch. And here's what we get to do. Each and every single week, we get to choose what we are connecting our life to. We're getting to choose what we are devoting our life to. Well, there's a sad reality is that we have to sleep. You have to. It is like everybody has tried to get rid of sleep as much as they can, but as if it's, if it's God's design, here's a reality for you. A third of your life, a third of your life is literally given to sleep. A third of your week, Sean, move towards me, is given to given to sleep. 56 hours. 56 hours is given to sleep. Can you believe that? Doesn't that seem crazy wrong? That so much of our life, we just have to sleep it away? It's crazy, isn't it? But we have to. We have to. And then there's another thing that will take so much of our time and so much of our energy. Does anybody have to go to work tomorrow? Some do, some don't. Some are like, yeah, I'm off tomorrow. Some, some do, some don't. But most of us will continue, whether you work tomorrow or not, will work throughout your week. And you will put in at least probably 40 hours to 56 hours in a week. Once again, a third of your week will be given away to work. We're almost there, Sean. Perfect. This is what you have left. Now, Sean, we're going to move up here now since we have a little bit more space. This is what you have left, 56 hours in a week that you get to choose what you're going to devote it to. Now, if you're like most people, there is this thing that's probably buzzing or maybe a thing that you've already checked a couple times this morning. It is called a cell phone. And this cell phone has something on it called social media. And uh, whether you like it or not, it slowly begins to just creep away the time. I think the average is about 17 hours a week is spent on social media, 17 hours. Think about that. Some of you are like, that was, that was way less than last week. You know what I mean? Some of you are thinking that today. <laughs> but then if you're like the Rayburn clan, we love, we love a little TV. It's not so much social media for us, but it's more so TV, like Netflix binging the new show. I can't remember what it's called, but it's been fun. But that takes a few more hours out of each week. But then we didn't even get to like hobbies or activities. We're in, uh, we're in basketball right now, or Pritchard, and you're thinking, well, that takes a little bit of time. And then I cook every single week. And if you've been before the Daniel Fast, it was really, really good. And I'm just learning. But we cook, and then we got to clean. 
And that takes a little bit more time. And then you get to the point to where you have maybe these little things you got to try to keep alive and they are just tiring and they are exhausting and they require food and they require washing and clothing. And then you got to try to put them to bed. And then you're just still binge watching and watching over and over. And then you get to the end of your week to where maybe you found yourself today with that's what you have left. One inch, one hour, one hour. Thank you, Sean, so much. That this is what you end up with left. And out of all the week, you can see that you have devoted your life to so many other things. And then you get to this point where you must ask the question, well, what's the other hour spent for? And all good Christian people are, well, I better give God at least one hour. And maybe today that's you just showing up here. And you said, you know, I'm going to give God this hour of my life and praise God for it. But I want to really challenge you and press in with you today is that oftentimes, Oftentimes is that when we invest just one hour into anything, we never really see fruit from that. Imagine if you only invested one hour a week in your physical health, would you really see any difference? Imagine if you only spent one hour investing in your relationship or investing in your marriage throughout the week, just one hour, would you expect to see fruit and growth in that marriage? No, absolutely not. Imagine if you think about the relationships that you have, or maybe the students here. Imagine students, KC students, if you only devoted one hour of your week to studying, would you do very good? No. It's this law that we continue to play out that this is, that what we devote our lives to is really showing, really showing the devotion of our heart. And we see coming to life here that if we are connecting our life to so many other things, then what we're really missing is the connection that matters most. The connection that matters most. And one hour, my friends, is never enough to see what we want to see in our lives. One hour is never enough to see the fruits come forth in your life. It's never enough. And so here's where we often see our lives playing out. And maybe this is you. You're only devoted to God when it's easy, when it's convenient, or maybe even when there's nothing better. And some of you are wondering, maybe you came into here and you're thinking, man, I'm still struggling with the same sin I've been struggling with for years. Or maybe you've come in here really just feeling just continual shame and guilt in your life. Or maybe you came in here thinking way too much about what others think about you and you continue to fall into that trap of pleasing everybody else but God. Or you find yourself just casually lukewarm about who God is and what he is doing. Or maybe you feel empty today. Or maybe you see no change in your life and you continue to reflect on that. And I promise you, if you continue over the course of this year to devote the same amount of time or only that one hour to God over the course of this next year to only be connected that much to him, you will never see the fruits that you desire in your life. You will never see those fruits. It takes a connection. It takes a devotion to him. The things of which you want to see grow in your life will take time, energy, connection, intentionality to see them happen. Verse 4 brings us to life. Chris, put it back up on the screen for us. It says this, that neither can you bear fruit. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Jesus, he makes this beautiful condition that is good news. 
This is good news now. This may be where you are, but there's good news because Jesus makes this condition. He says, if you will abide in me, I will then abide in you. Jesus is saying, I'm here. I'm ready. I'm excited about being devoted to you. I'm excited about connecting with you. And I promise that if you will, then I will. It's a beautiful condition that we see played out throughout this scripture. That Jesus, once again, he is the vine and you are the branch. My second point that I want to encourage you with, then what do you do? We must fight to be connected, but then after that, just be the branch. Just be the branch. Just be the branch. This is going to be some freedom for you today. Just be the branch. Understand your role. What is your role? Stay connected. Be the branch. Stay connected. You want to see fruit in your life? Be the branch. Stay connected. Keep the flow. Allow the nutrients to come from the vine into you. Don't allow things to be broken. Don't allow the disconnect to happen. Just maintain the flow. And here in these verses, we find two things of which the flow will come from that is so important that we cannot miss. If you want to look at verse 7, at verse 7, it says, those that remain in me, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, my words abide in you. That's the first one. It's his word. How do we begin to experience these fruits? How do we begin to see the fruit in our life? We abide in his word. And then the second one is, if we see in verse 9, we see here that those that will abide in my love. It says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. See, let's begin with his word. Many of you may read the Bible for inspiration. Maybe you read the Bible for direction. Maybe you read the Bible for that one little thing that you can quote. Or maybe the only Bible you read is on social media posts that come in really cute graphics. Maybe that's it. Or maybe, really and truly, the Bible or God's Word isn't even a part of your life. But it says that this is where, if you abide in me, if you abide in my Word, you will bear much fruit. You'll begin to see fruit in his life. But it says here, let the Word abide in you. I want to bring this Word back here. Let His Word remain in you. To actually see his word begin to play out in your life. To see his word be reminded of you. I want to take this just a step further. How many in the room have ever, ever, and this is so, I think everybody, well, who has ever experienced any sort of anxiousness in your life? An anxiousness, right? It's one of the most common felt feelings or emotions that we have to this day. Do you realize that all throughout Matthew chapter 6, he has this whole culmination where he begins to outline how beautiful and how, how beautiful the lilies of the fields are, how incredible the sparrows of the air are, and how the Lord takes care of them. And then he begins to proclaim this, how much greater are you? And then he makes this statement, do not be anxious about what tomorrow may bring. Do not be anxious about these things in your life. How much more? Does the Father love you? And so if you have a moment where you begin to step into an anxious thought or an anxious mindset, what is it that will bring you out of it? His word. If you understand his word and you begin to remind yourself in a situation to where you're anxious about maybe the circumstances, you're anxious about maybe a relationship, you're struggling to just find, find some peace there. Well, what is it? His word. If you are in his word, then you can slowly begin to remember, wait, 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 wait. I've heard this before. I've heard this before. His word says, don't be anxious. 
wait a minute, why, why should I not be anxious? Well, he already takes care of the lilies. He takes care of the birds of the air. He says, I am so much greater, so much greater. How much more would he love me? Why should I experience this anxious? Anxious, and then you begin to chew on it. And then slowly it begins to change you. You begin to feel a little peace. You begin to see his word beginning to integrate into your heart and into your soul. It addresses you and then it becomes a part of you. And then you can be able to, when situations comes, when the enemy brings it into your life, say, no, 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 no. That's not what my father says. That's not truth. That's a lie. I'm going to step into the truth. But here's the point. You won't know the truth if you don't abide in it. You won't know the truth. Everybody else will tell you whatever else you need to believe or whatever they think you need to believe. But it is abiding in his word of which you find truth that will then in situations begin to be a part of you so that you can understand the truth of God's word and his truth of his goodness in your life. But then the second one that says remain in his love, it makes this statement here, as the father has loved me, I have loved you. Remain in my love. Remain in my love. See, many of you, you have made a decision. You have put your faith and trust in Jesus. You have surrendered your life to him. You are no longer bonded to the sins of this world, but you are set free. You can experience his fullness of his grace and his mercy and his love, all because he sent his son for us who died on a cross for our sins and then three days later was raised back to life. Incredible hope, not only for our present, but for our future. And this, if you have stepped into that faith, if you have believed this and are living this out, you are getting to experience this love. And here's what I want to share with you. What does it mean to remain in this love? What does it mean to remain in this love? Well, many of you have this belief that as the branch, that as the branch that you add value back to the vine, you don't. The branch is an outflowing of the vine. And so you have the belief, you have the belief that right now in so many ways that you have to earn what the vine gives you, that you have to earn the love of which you have received, that your goodness, that your good days need to be good, that your actions need to be good. And yes, there is a truth to the obedience of God's commands. But for many of you, what does it mean to remain in his love? What does it mean to remain in his love is to understand fully and completely his love. Let me give you a really encouraging word. That you do not grow in how loved that you are. You do not grow in how loved that you are. The moment that you put your faith and trust in Jesus, you were as much loved on that day as you are today. You are as much loved in the highs of your life and in the lows of your life. You are as much loved in the moments of which you obey and in the moments and struggles of which you disobey. You see, God's love is never changing and never ending upon you in your life. And what does it mean to remain in that love is to understand the, the incredible truth of his love, the incredible weight of his love, the incredible power of his love. The greatest connection that I always make is this the love of a father. There is nothing, dads, in this room, you know this to be true. There is absolutely nothing that your kids could do that would remove the love of which you have for them. That there is absolutely nothing they could also do to make you love them more. 
Yes, there may be moments you just want to bust them. You know what I mean? There may be some of those. And God does the same with us. But that's not love. That's not about love. Right now you feel shame, guilt, because you don't feel good enough. You don't feel like you've done enough. The enemy has continued to cast these lies upon your life. But here's the freedom. Here's what it means to remain in his love is that you know his love to be true. You know his love to be true. When you don't feel good enough, push that to the side. No, 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 no. That's lies. No, I am, I am loved. I am loved. I am deeply loved. God's word, because I've already been abiding in it, I'm already remaining in it. He tells me that I'm loved, and I'm going to step into that love. I'm going to believe that love, that no matter what I do, no matter what may be good in my life or bad in my life, that love still remains, and it still remains. And this love, this is something that I can't even comprehend. It is the love of the Father, and the way the Father has loved the Son, now the Son loves us in the same way. And we will have two great sins when it comes to God's love. Two great sins. The first sin that we will have is that you will doubt God's love. Number one, you will doubt God's love for you in your life. And then the second sin, the second sin is that you will think little of God's love. That as you begin to think about your life, that you will doubt God's love and you will think little of God's love. But this word, continues to remind us of his truth, of his incredible love for us. So I encourage you, be the branch. Be the branch. The fruitfulness of your life comes from remaining in him. Just remain in his word, remain in his love. And then here's what is so awesome about this text is that what is the response of being connected? What is the response of just being the branch as God has intended you to be? Is that you begin to see fruits come into your life. You begin to see love, joy, peace, patience, self-control begin to just come into your life. It's as if it's a natural response. A natural response. The branch, you do not create those things. You do not create those things in your life. You just have a natural response to your life in that way because the flow is happening. You're connected to the vine. You're connected to his word. You're connected to his word, love, and then it just flows forth. And then before you see it, you begin to experience these fruits in your life. What you desire most, you now begin to experience it. You now begin to feel it. Stay connected. Be the branch and you see a natural response. He also goes on to add more and more. What do you see beyond just the fruits? It says, ask and you will receive whatever you want, whatever. This isn't like Lamborghinis and yachts. I don't think we need those in Eastern Kentucky, but I know what you desire most. How many in this room, go back and throw that list back up there, Chris, of all of the fruits of the Spirit. How many today just want to see joy come into their life? Come on, raise your hand. If you want to see joy come into your life, ask of it. Ask it. Ask it. How many today want to see peace come into your life? Come on now. Ask it. Ask it. Come on. How many want to see, see kindness begin to come into your life? Goodness. Come on. Ask it. Ask it and you will receive it. Stay connected to the vine. Be the branch. And you begin to see this fruit. Ask it and you will receive it. This is a beautiful commandment. A beautiful just, if you will, then I will. Ask and you will receive it. You see, then the Father, he gets glorified. And then also, many of you maybe are even doubting, am I even a believer? Do I even believe in this truth? There's a word that comes here that so you will prove to be my disciples. 
that you will prove to be my disciples. Many of us, when we talk about our Christian faith, we don't like to talk about proof. God's grace has covered me. God's faith, you know, I, I said a prayer one day, I was baptized one day, but I love this little line here because it's just a little litmus test for you and me. Hey, you want to know? You want to know where you stand with God? You want to know whether or not you're connected to God? It says that these fruits will be evident and they will prove of whether or not you are his disciple or not. Now, here's a little caveat as well. Sometimes we go through winter seasons. There ain't no fruit in the winter. Sometimes right now you're going through a fruitless time in your life. Don't doubt your connection to God. It's just a fruitless season. It's just a winter month. The seasons come to an end, ladies and gentlemen. Seasons come to an end. If you continue to get out of winter and you get to spring where there should be life coming forth, there should be fruits coming into your life, you should be asking, Lord, am I connected to you? Am I connected to you? Have I truly surrendered my life to you? Have I truly given up my ways to be connected to you? Prove to be my disciples. And then if you look here at the end, it says joy. Joy in verse 11. Verse 11, Chris, we'll put that one up here. Joy. These things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. I'll begin to really look at, you think Jesus was a joyful guy? You think Jesus was a joyful guy? Maybe you begin thinking of him like he's just mean, like just like angry, like a snake. You know what I mean? No, 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 no. You would imagine he was a joyful guy that this was reflected on his face, that you could see the joy of his life. Did he go through hard times? Unbelievably hard. Did he go through difficulties? Absolutely. But it says that in his joy may be in you. The greatest joy that the world has ever seen is now available for you and for me. And so I share with you once again, what does it take here? What does it take here? Stay connected to the vine. Be the branch. See the fruits come into your life. Now, as we come here to a close, well, hopefully you have got to just see the power. I'm going to say that the power of God's word and how it can become evident on your life. The power of God's word. And as you think about 2024, I want to give you just a practical game plan here. We begin to say, seek first the one that matters most. Seek first the one that matters most. I want to give you a couple practical steps here to take in this. Before you go home today and look up all the Daniel Fast recipes that you need, before you look at the workout plan that you need to put into your life, before you start thinking about your finances and how you're going to break it down, I just begin to beg you, beg you as a church today, would you just begin to think about, am I remaining in his word? Am I remaining in his love? And here's what you're going to do today. It's what I beg of you to do. Number one, Number one, decide a time. You want to be connected to Jesus? You make time. You want to see fruits come into your life? You make time for it. You see fruits in your marriage? You have date nights. Call the babysitters, call the grandparents. I need some time with my wife. Come get these kids. You make time. You make time. You make time. So choose a time. Maybe that's before the kids get up. Lord help you there. It's a tough thing to do. It's going to take a little discipline. Maybe it's, maybe it's after the kids go to bed. Or maybe it's before you work out. 
whatever it may be. Look at the 167 hours, look at every single day of the week and you say, this is when God, I'm connecting with you because I'm gonna seek first the one that matters most. You're gonna be the most important thing in my life in 2024. I'm gonna seek you first. And Lord, this is when we're gonna hang out every single day. I'm gonna just open up your word. You're gonna speak to me. And then here's the second thing you're gonna do. You're gonna find a place. You're gonna decide on a place. Decide on a place. There's a place where me and my wife, we get to hang out every single night. It's a chase lounge and she just gets as close as she can to me, amen. That's the part. We connect every night there. Find the place. Maybe it's a chair. Maybe it's in, maybe it's in your car. Maybe it's a toilet. Can we, you know, before you start seeing like the little fingers come under your door, maybe that's it. Wherever it may be, find a place. Find a place. You're intentional. Find a place. And then lastly, decide a plan. Decide a plan. What are you going to do? And listen, this isn't like read the Bible in a whole year. That may be way too much. It'd be awesome. Maybe it's just read one verse, one verse a day, and you just sit in it, and you just rest in it. Maybe you read one chapter a day, and you just rest, and you just sit in it. Maybe you just begin to play worship music as soon as you open, open your eyes instead of scrolling on TikTok. Whatever it is, decide a plan because in 2024, we want to seek first the one that matters most. You want what you desire most in this life. You want the fruits to come forth in your life. Then he is the one of which all of those fruits will flow from. So decide a time, a place, and a plan. And here's what will begin to happen because I've seen it evident in so many people's lives. That one little time that you begin to spend with him, over the course of time, that small little habit over and over again, here's what begins to happen. This is the way God begins to work is that he isn't just now with you in the morning when you rise, but now he's with you in your workplace because the word continues to just remain in you. His love is now ever on you. And now the guy that used to drive you crazy, you're now patient with. And you're like, how did that happen? Because you just continue to remain. And here's what he does. He saturates your entire life. The intentionality that you spend in just a moment, in just an hour, now begins to just saturate the other areas of your life each and every single day. Saturates. And not only do you begin to experience these fruits in your life, but now others begin to see the fruits and experience the fruits of your life. And here's what you begin to find. Here's what you begin to find. And you may feel, let me back up just a little bit. You may feel, listen, this it may sound legalistic to you or this may sound, no, this is discipline. This is discipline. You want to see growth in your life? You want to see fruit in your life? Then seek first the one that matters most. And then what just becomes a part of your life, an hour of your life, a second of your life, a minute of your life will now become everything in your life. It's the way in which God works. That what you sow, that those little seeds that you sow, God blesses more. He brings forth more fruit than you could ever imagine or ever dream of. And so, but this is where it starts. This is where it starts. And then this is what you will see. And this is what you will experience. The God who was of your morning is now the God of your everything, of your every day, that he is now with you, that his love is now in you. His word is now in you. He's not just a part of your life. He is your life. And so I want to close today with just a few words, and we're going to have a response time. Listen, you will never be devoted to Jesus by accident. 
you will never connect to Jesus by accident. But if we seek first the one that matters most, we pick a time, we pick a place, we pick a plan, we begin to see these fruits come into our life, but then you also see resistance come into your life. And we rebuke the enemy in the name of Jesus, but you'll see it and you'll feel it. Distractions, reasons to quit, reasons to give up. You'll begin to have this idea it's not important, then you make excuses, fight that. If it's important, you'll find a way. If it's important, you'll persevere. Jesus, my friends, is the vine. What do we do? Stay connected. Everybody say, stay connected. You are the branch. What do we got to do? Be the branch. Everybody say, be the branch. And then here's what we get to see. Man, this is good. This is good news for you today in 2024 is that you will begin to experience the flow and then you will see the fruit. Everybody say, see the fruit. Amen. Would you stand? Let us pray and let us worship today. Some of you came in today and you are seeking more than anything in this world to experience the fruits of the spirits in your life. You are seeking more than anything in this world. And let me tell you, you have looked in all the wrong places up until this point. That there are so many different ways of which the world will continue to try to preach to you and, and give you this voice that this is, this is what will bring these fruits into your life. The lies. You've tried it. Today we're proclaiming that there is one truth, that there is one vine, the true vine, of which all life flows, and his name is Jesus. And today, like so many in this room, that today you can put your faith, you can put your trust, you can surrender your life to Him, you can surrender your ways to Him, and over time, what you'll begin to see is a freedom. Or today you'll see a freedom. You'll be new, brand new, taken from your old life, replanted, grafted into His vine, to His truth, His mercy, His grace, and His love today. And so here's what you gotta do. You gotta call out to Him. You gotta call out to him. Now there's a couple ways that we can do this here this morning. Number one, number one, you can do it right where you are from your seats. You can call out to Jesus and he will be right there to you. This is if you abide in me, I will abide in you. Today you can receive that over your life. But also at the end of the service, I'm gonna be up here in this corner and then we're gonna have some ladies up here in this corner. Today, if you wanna receive prayer over your life, if you wanna walk the aisle as so many have before to really make that huge step, to maybe make that display of God, I'm surrendering everything to you today. We just encourage you come forward today and we would love to pray with you. Then the second prayer is for each and every single one of us that has also received his incredible salvation. That we in 2024, that God has more for you than you could ever imagine. That all of the greatest desires of your heart and soul, that they can be had, that they can be seen. But you must live intentionally. That you must master the habits that matter most and the habits that today that will matter most, that will make the greatest impact on your life is to simply remain in Him. Dear Father, Lord, we thank you for your word. And Lord, we thank you, God, for your just encouragement. We thank you for the truth, God, that has come today. Lord, may we be, may we just fight to stay connected to you today, God. Lord, may we be the branch, Lord, and may we just see the fruit come into our lives today. We pray for boldness for those that are taking the step of faith. 
for the first time today. They're taking the step of surrender today for the first time today. Lord, we just want to just give you your spirit, Lord, your spirit come upon them today, God, to make that move towards you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.